Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Episode number 73 of the Prolific Writer Podcast. Have you ever wanted to start a writing and publishing company? Well, today I'm going to show you how. But first, some intro music. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well, so you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is your Prolific Writer Podcast host, Ryan J. Pelton. I am so glad that you are here, however you found us. However you're listening to me in your ear canals, in your earbuds, on the train, on the plane, on the treadmill, in the bathroom, doing the dishes, taking care of the kids, on the commute, wherever you are, want to say hello, hello, hello. I hope you are doing well. I hope that you are getting words on the page. I hope that you are building your writing and publishing empire and that's why we're here to help you build an empire, not really an empire, but an empire of words. And we're helping motivated writers get unstuck, make an impact and build businesses with their art. And we're going to help you do that. So thanks for following along. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for all the downloads. Thanks for all the kind words and emails and reviews. Uh, they're always encouraging and so glad to, to be able to do this. And so today we are going to talk about how to start a writing and publishing business. I know that sounds really big and lofty, um, but it's not meant to be big and lofty. It's actually meant to be really practical. And so what what I want to do today is we're going to talk about shifting our mindsets, not just from I'm a writer or I write some stories or I write some nonfiction books or I write articles or I'm a blogger or whatever it is, but I want you to start thinking like a business person, like a actual publisher, because that's what you are. And years ago, when I published one of my first nonfiction books, and it began to make some money is, is someone came along and said, Hey, Ryan, you know, it, it, it's one thing just to have a book out there and, and, you know, do it as a hobby or do it for fun or see what that would be like. But, but now that you have some money coming in, you need to begin to think like a publisher. 
Because the reality is you are the owner of your books. You are the owner of your publishing company. Whatever you put out into the world, you are the CEO, you are the founder, you are the president. And so you need to take control of that and begin to think like a publisher, not just a hobbyist, not just someone who writes books now and then. And that really was a game changer for me. And I remember years ago, um, I've had the privilege of starting two different nonprofits and part of starting a nonprofit is you have to raise a lot of money and raising a lot of money is at first very scary. And people say no quite often, uh, but you have to keep pounding the pavements, keep talking to individuals, talking to organizations and, and tell them about your, your mission and your vision of your, your nonprofit or your business or whatever it is. And, and you ask for money. But I, I remember that one of the game changers for me was when I started to actually look at and propose a budget to say, how much is it going to actually cost to pay staff to, you know, support this, this, you know, nonprofit and this, which happened to be a ministry and, you know, equipment and rental space and all these things. And it was, it was this mind shift that happened when I actually began to put numbers on, on paper was actually sat down and I started budgeting hypothetically, you know, this is going to be, you know, salaries for staff. This is going to be how much money we need for equipment. This is gonna be money for, you know, insurance, all these kinds of things. And it got me to think that this was going to happen and this was serious and this was a real thing and nothing had happened yet. There, there wasn't an organization that existed. And the same thing happened when I started to get serious about publishing and writing was it wasn't that there was, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars coming in at first. Cause there wasn't, but when I began to think, you know, how much revenue do I want to make? How many books do I want to write? When I began to think, you know, how am I going to market? How am I going to, you know, pay for websites and, and pay for covers and editors and all these kinds of things? Like, what does that model look like? It shifted how I thought about my writing and how I th thought about publishing. So what I've done is I have designed and I have created for you, and I'll put it in the show notes, is a two-page publishing business plan two page publishing business plan. And if you go to the show notes or you go to the website, the prolific writer.net, you will see it right on the front page. There's three free resources and it comes with a little short video training that you can, you can check out too. I'm going to talk about some of these things today and you can download that and you can put it in front of you. And, and you may say to yourself, well, you know, okay, a, a two page business plan. They're going to talk about starting a, a legitimate publishing company. Well, two pages is plenty because what we're going against is that mindset of I'm just a hobbyist. I'm, I'm just, you know, I have my little book. I have my little story. I have my little thing. I made, you know, I made $4 this month, whatever it is. Um, but we're going to shift our mindset, but we need to not be overwhelmed with the details. And I would like to preface all of that to say, you know, I am not a uh, lawyer and this advice is free. And uh, I would recommend though, legalzoom.com, go check them out. If you are interested in talking and not, we're not going to get into the nitty gritty of the actual details of the business, but if you go to LegalZoom, they can help you out, start your business. I, I have set up my own LLC for my own publishing company and uh, it's super easy. You pay a little fee and then they, they take care of you, whatever state you live in or wherever you are in the country. Uh, I think maybe even internationally, they, they can take care of you, but LegalZoom, legal I'll put that in the show notes. Um, but I'm not going to get into that, that specific, that minutia, but I want to talk about getting started and asking a bunch of important questions so that you can get your writing and publishing business going on good footing and full steam, making money and 
fulfilling your artistic creative dreams with your your words. So let's start with the two page publishing business plan. First question is what kind of books do I sell? What kind of books do I sell? So you need to begin to think about that. If you think about traditional publishing, you know, there's, there's different publishers and they focus on different kinds of books. Some companies, small press, big press, you know, big five press, some, you know, only, only do, you know, horror genre, only do mysteries or only do kids books or only do nonfiction or business books or whatever it is. But I want you to think about what are, what are your books all about? What is the genre that you write in? What are the, the problems that you're trying to solve with your books? What, what makes your voice unique? What makes your style unique? Because the reality is you're not writing anything unique. I, I hate to break your bubble, hate to burst your bubble. I should say, um, there is no new stories under the sun. There is no, you know, new idea that's going to change the world. Really what you're doing is you're rehashing old ideas and old stories, but you're telling it with your, your voice your perspective, your experience, and that's what makes it unique. But, but you need to think about what is the books that I sell? Because this is the, the overarching mission and vision of your publishing company is this is who I am. This is what I'm trying to do. Now you may not have that fully fleshed out. Maybe you're still writing your first book or, or maybe you're thinking about writing your first book or you're a couple of books in whatever it is. Um, but you need to think about this. Because you're thinking about what makes my brand, what makes my business unique? What are the books that I sell? What are they like? When they, when they pick up one of my books, what are they going to get? Is it, is it funny? Is it serious? Is it academic? Right? Is it commercial fiction? Is it, you know, what is it? You got to fill in those blanks. And, and what sets you apart? What, what's going to set your writing and publishing business apart from others? And again, if this isn't competition. There's millions and millions of books. It's, it's, it's your unique voice, your unique angle. But, but what kind of books do I sell? And so if you do get a chance and you do pick up this two-page plan, you can actually fill these out. I'd encourage you to print them out if you are listening to me. I know a lot of you are probably in the car or on the train, so that's not viable right now. But get it listen to this, go sit down somewhere quiet and start hashing these out. Just bullet points, couple sentences here. What, what are the kind of books do I sell? Okay. Next question. Who is my ideal reader? Or you could say, who is my ideal customer? So, so who do you have in mind when you think about the ideal reader for your books, because you've already answered the question, what kind of books do I sell? Well, when I think about the kind of books that I write, who do I imagine sitting down and reading my books. You know, you, you could even say, I've heard people talk this way, you know, who is the avatar, uh, your customer, the, the person that you think of, are they, are they educated? Are they not educated? Are they white collar? Are they blue collar? Are they young? Are they old? You know, if you're writing middle grade fiction, I, I've written some middle grade fiction, you know, are you thinking about, you know, what's an eight year old, nine year old, 10 year old, 12 year old boy, you know, what kind of story would resonate with them? You know, and for, for kids literature, you'd also have to think, well, how, how does this book resonate with their family or with their parents? Because they're going to be the ones buying the book, but who is that ideal reader? What, what do I know about them? What are they scared of? What are their fears? What are their hopes? What are their dreams? I remember when I was starting a nonprofit, I, I asked this question quite often to people I would meet and I would sit down and I'd, I'd share about my organization and what we were doing. And I'd say, you know, if, if you had a magic wand and you could, you could wave it over our city, 
you know, what would, what would ideally, what would it look like? What, what would, you know, your hopes and dreams, how, what, what are your hopes and dreams and, and how would they come true if you lived in this place or, or, you know, um, had, you know, this organization that could meet these needs or whatever it is. And, and so it was, it was helping me think through what is my ideal customer? What is my ideal reader? What are they looking for? What are their, their problems and how can I meet those problems? How can I answer those, those questions? How do I speak their language? So two, who is my ideal reader? Who is my ideal customer? Get clear on that. Third, how will my books help people? And again, we're trying to get as specific as, as we can. So we've asked, what kind of books do I sell? What is my mission and vision for my books in my publishing company? What genre are they in? What, what makes them unique? What makes my point of view, my angle unique? Who is my ideal reader? But then once I know who my ideal reader is, how will my books help people? How are they going to help people? What is the problem that they're trying to solve? And I think for nonfiction writers, this is absolutely critical because every book that you write with nonfiction, that's the main question you're asking is, how am I going to help someone by writing this book? What problem am I trying to solve by writing this nonfiction book? You know, it may be I'm a coder and I'm writing about how to code and I'm solving coding problems. I, I don't know anything about coding, but um, but that's the problem I'm trying to solve or I'm, I'm trying to solve how to do it faster or how to use certain kinds of so software. If I'm, um, you know, a leader of some kind and maybe I'm writing a book on leadership, you know, maybe it's for managers or maybe it's for leaders in nonprofits or leaders in churches or, you know, leaders in, in education or, or whatever it is. But, but, but what, how, how will my books help these people? How would they specifically solve a problem? Now, if you're writing fiction, I think this can still be answered in very poignant, very powerful ways is what makes my book unique and, and how can I solve a problem? Maybe there's a, there's a different kind of problem. Maybe, you know, your books are, there's, there's so many books in this particular genre and most of them are just full of, you know, sex and violence and, you know, abuse and, and darkness, but my books are going to be filled with hope. My books are going to be on the, on the cleaner end or not going to go down that, that path or whatever. So, so maybe that, that solves a problem because there's a group of readers that go, I'd really love some books that weren't always just about, you know, the dark stuff. Maybe there's some, some hope filled books out there that I could get into. Right. Um, I, I just interviewed someone a couple of weeks ago and that's what they were saying is like my, my mission, my vision of my book and my publishing company is to bring light into dark places. So, so how will my, my books help people? I remember years back, someone emailed me and, and had read one of my fiction books and said, you know, thank you for just a fast, fun read. And that, it really was written that way. I had I read so many, you know, thrillers and mysteries and action adventure stories and, and just felt like some, some of them were just so filled with fluff and were way too long and they didn't need to be that long was I wanted to write a very, you know, straightforward, fast, entertaining, kind of book that really would help someone just, you know, they're reading the book on the train a couple hours that could be done. That really was my vision for the book. And I had a, had a woman, uh, email me and say, you know, thank you for your book because I, I was, I had surgery and I was in the hospital for a few days and I, you know, spent a few hours reading your book and I really enjoyed it. And it was, it just kind of helped me pass the time. So again, we can't always control how it's going to help people because it's going to help people in all different ways and shapes and sizes, but you need to get very clear on how your books are going to help people. Fourth, how much will they cost? 
how much will my books cost? Now, there's the simple answer, which is, well, my book is going to be two ninety nine ebook, uh, you know, seven ninety nine paperback, fourteen ninety nine audiobook, whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. Now, those are important things. Like, don't minimize that. You need to decide that. Okay, what is, you know, a good price for my ebook, for my print book, for my audiobook, whatever format you're, um, you know, pr- publishing in. Um, you need to know those answers. Now, for for a rookie, for a beginner, maybe some of you need to think about that. You don't. You have no idea. Um, you know, it's it's why well, 99 cents or dollar 99 or I'm a new author. So, you know, I think a lot of authors, one of the problems with pricing is they price way too low. Um, nothing wrong with 99 cents, you know, maybe you're launching it. You want to get a few quick sales, but, but, you know, as a sales tactic, that's, that you're not going to make very much money and you're not going to, it's not gonna be very sustainable if you're selling books at 99 cents, unless you have, you know, 9,000 of them. Um, but, but think through pricing, um, as far as your, your titles, but, but I want us to go, go further into that and dig a little deeper is to say, well, what is the actual production cost of my book? So not just it's going to cost two ninety nine for an ebook and it's a 70% royalty and, and I'm going to, you know, make $2 per book per sale, but what does it cost to produce the book? So for some of us, you know, maybe you do your own covers. So maybe you save a few bucks there. Maybe you just have to spend 20 bucks for artwork and you know, you, you save a few bucks there, but, but maybe you, you spend money on editing. Well, how much does the editing cost? Maybe you have to send off the, the manuscript to get it formatted. Well, you know, how much does formatting cost? Um, you know, it doesn't cost anything to, to host on most, uh, indie publishing sites as far as Amazon and Barnes and Noble and things like that. Um, you know, they, they take their royalties out of, you know, your sales, but, but there's no upfront cost. ACX, which is an audiobook publisher. Uh, they, they don't take any money if you do a royalty split. So there's no upfront cost, but, but you have to say, okay, if it's going to cost, let's say, you know, $300 for editing, you know, $200 for a cover, maybe another hundred dollars for formatting, whatever it is, you know, let's say $500. Well, okay. If I'm selling my books at, you know, $2 a piece, or I should say $3 a piece and I make $2 on the book per sale. Well, to make that back, you know, I have to, I have to sell, you know, at least 200 plus books, right? So, so you're thinking about how much are my books actually going to cost? Because this is the shifting from just the hobbyist and, and just the, you know, well, I write a book now and then, and maybe I make a few bucks here and there, but you're actually saying, well, I would like to make money on my book. So I have to figure out per book, this is how much it's going to cost. And per book, this is how much I have to make back. Now, if you're just starting and we'll get into this in future episodes, and I'm going to be doing some more content on YouTube to kind of help, help you because I, I found some ways to do covers a lot cheaper, do editing a lot cheaper and just some creative ways. Just, there's such a big community of people that can help you do this, especially when you're just starting. I think people spend way too much money on things they don't need to spend that much money on. They get ripped off quite frankly. Um, you know, editing, we want to spend some money on editing. Um, but there are even ways to, to barter for editing and, and covers. You need good covers, but you also get ways to barter and also learn how to do covers. I don't recommend it for everybody, but, um, we could talk about that some other time. But, but how much is your books going to cost? That's a big thing when you think about starting a writing and publishing business. Okay, moving along. Number five, how will I distribute books to readers? How will I distribute books to readers? So now you're, you're, you're thinking like a true publisher. Okay, you, you, you've nailed down what kind of books do I sell. I've nailed down who my ideal reader is. I've determined how my books are going to help people. 
I've determined how much they're going to cost, but now I need to distribute the books to readers. Like, how am I going to get them into the hands of readers? How am I going to get them into, you know, the, uh, the Kindle device? How am I going to get it into the, the iPhone or, you know, whatever phone they have, how, how, how are they going to actually hold it in their hands? And so this is about distribution. And so we live in this amazing day where distribution has become easier and easier. There is no middleman that you don't have to go. Now you can go traditional publishing route. That's always an option. Small press, you know, combination of those things, uh, you know, indie publish, small press, traditional publish, you know, there is a distribution. So if you are, you are thinking small press or, uh, traditional publishing, obviously the distribution will be on, on their end. They're going to do that all for you. But if you are indie published, there are dozens and dozens of platforms in which you can get your books to readers directly. And you can put a print book up on Barnes and Noble and you can actually have it, you know, on their website, Amazon's website, Apple, you know, iTunes website, um, other independent booksellers. You can get them into your indie booksellers, you know, books, bookstores, a little more difficult and get them into libraries, all these different places. But how am I going to distribute to my readers? What platforms am I going to put these books on? And I won't get into the debates uh, in this episode about, you know, do we only put our books in Amazon because Amazon's 80% of most sales of books these days. And, and there are other play, other sellers that are getting closer to Amazon, but, but they're still the big player. You know, do we just put them in Amazon um, or do we put them wide? Do we go, you know, Kobo? Do we go Barnes and Noble? Do we go all, all over the place? Now that's for you to decide. I think if you're starting out, there is some good wisdom to say, I'm just going to do KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, just Amazon to kind of get my name out there and get, get some sales and, and build, a, build a following. Now, some would say it would go against that and say, go wide from day one, uh, because if you go wide, then you, know, you can reach other readers, even international readers, uh, a lot easier than just Amazon. Um, and if you, it's going to be a little bit slower to, to grow that fan base and, and get sales going wide right away, but, um, but you can do that. Um, you know, one of the reasons I lean towards, towards Kindle, uh, direct, uh, to start and even, you know, even long-term for some people is they do have a lot of good marketing features, uh, where you can run sales and you can give away freebies and, and you can do, do some other things that a lot of other platforms don't have built in. Um, but again, no, no strong, you know, opinions. That's, that's kind of your, your deal, but you need to determine how you're going to distribute these books and get them into the hands of readers. And I will say it's not as difficult as you think. I know there's a lot of fear of, you know, how do I, how do I load this file into this platform? There's so many great services to help uh, with that. One of those is draft to digital. If, if you have never done this and it's just, you know, a pain in the rump for you or technology scares you draft to digital is one of my favorite distribution platforms they actually distribute to everybody. You just do it through this one site. They walk you through the process. You can download a word file. They make a beautiful, you know, interior for you and you can get it, even do print. You can do do it all through this one site. And, uh, and so there, there, don't let that be an excuse, but you need to think about how you're going to actually distribute books and get them into the hands of your readers. So number six, what other ways can I make money from my books? Now, this is one of my favorite things to talk about because we think too small and too myopic when it comes to book sales. And for a lot of people, this is how we think about book sales. Okay. I put my Kindle book, my ebook up on Amazon and I got one stream of income. You know, I hope I sell a lot of ebooks at two ninety nine 
um, and you know build my my publishing writing empire. Now, if you're banking your livelihood, if you're banking your life on that one channel and that one ebook, you're going to be uh, sorely sad and not going to ever leave the day job or make any kind of decent money from your publishing empire. Um, and again, this isn't all about making money. I, I want to be, be clear about that. We all have different goals. We all have different, you know, strategies and, uh, and, and visions of success, which we'll talk about, uh, in a moment, but how, what are other ways that you can make money from, from your, your books? And, and I love what Dean Wesley Smith talks about the magic bakery. And he says, you know, imagine a pie and you have all these slices of pie and each slice is another revenue stream from your books. So let me give you an example. Some of my books have 27 different streams of revenue. Now you say, well, that's crazy. How, how is that possible? Well, think about it. So, so you, you, you write this fiction book and you put it on Amazon. Okay. You have Amazon. That's one stream of income, but think about all the different streams that come through Amazon. You have the ebook sales, you have the print sales, and you have the audiobook sales. Um, just through Amazon alone. Now, if I go to another platform, let's say iBooks, um, you know, my books are on there, um, on Kobo, on Barnes and Noble. And let's say on each one of those, you know, Barnes and Noble, you have, you know, eBooks and you have print. Uh, there's two more channels and iBooks, you have one more channel and, and, and you do that on a couple more sites. All of a sudden you're looking at multiple, multiple streams of revenue. So someone could buy a book, an audio book, someone could buy a print book from this site, whatever it is. Um, so all of a sudden you have, you know, 10, 15, 20 different pies, uh, to make you money. Now we could also talk about other pies. We could talk about, you know, licensing. We, we, we could talk about ways in which your book actually gives you opportunity to make money. Let's say coaching and consulting and workshops. You know, I got invited to do, do some teaching on a, a writer's workshop, uh, you know, just from writing a lot of books and, and talking about those books and, and, you know, sharing what I know. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had some speaking opportunities open up from, from books and, and things like that. So, so there's ways in which you can make other streams of revenue through your books. You know, maybe you have a book, a nonfiction book that's, that's meeting a need, solving a problem. And then you build a course around that. That's a very popular thing to do. And, And I think it's, Courses are great because you can go even deeper into the content, into the knowledge. You could actually walk people through what you know, the skill that you can share, the the knowledge that you're trying to bring them, or the solutions you're trying to bring them. Um, so, you know, it could be it could be courses. Like I said, it could be speaking, it could be consulting. Um, you know, all these different audio, print, ebook, you name it. So, so you need to to get serious and you need to think about what are the other ways that I can make money from my books. You know, one of the things I know that's important if you're a children's book author is to go to schools and actually have print books in hand and sell them directly. And you can make good money doing that. I know a lot of authors, it doesn't even matter what genre, but they go to conferences and they, they buy, you know, 50 books or a hundred books and they go and they sell them. And most of the time they get a table, they, they sell out those books. And so that's another stream of income. You know, you could walk away. I just interviewed an author. He made, you know, went to a conference for a weekend, made 600 bucks. Um, so there you go. So there's a lot of streams of, of, of income to be made by your books, but you need to write those things down and think about those things, brainstorm those things and say, well, maybe there are some other options that I'm not even thinking about. Because again, if you're just relying on, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the lottery and I'm going to sell a million eBooks. That's just not going to happen. You know, the, the Kindle gold rush days are are over. Um, you know, it was a very small blip on, on the radar. Uh, but you got to find other ways in which to, to sell books. 
seven, how will people hear about my books? So this is a little different, different question. This isn't how do I distribute my books or what platform this is actually about marketing. And I know this is really scary uh, for, for a lot of readers or excuse me, a lot of writers is, you know, the marketing. I, I just, I don't, I sound sleazy. I don't want to be talking about my books all the time and buy my books, buy my books, buy my books. And that's not what we're talking about. We're not saying being sleazy or always being annoying or always, that's all you talk about is your books is you want to add value to people. You want to help people. You want to talk about, you know, the things around your book, talk about your life, talk about other things that people care about you. Um, I think one of the best things that you can do for marketing your books is be the best version of you. That, that what people are attracted to, which is very interesting, is, you know, what I love about podcasting is that you can hear my voice. Like, I'm a real human. This is, I'm not a robot. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a man behind the books. I'm a man behind the podcast that you can actually build a rapport with someone because you can hear them. You can get to know them. You can hear their stories. You can learn about their families, things like that. So, so how will people hear about my books? Podcasters is a great way to do that. Um, it doesn't mean you have to start your own podcast, but you can go on podcasts. Uh, I get emails all the time. Hey, I, I got a new book coming out. Hey, I'm a new author. Hey, you know, I've written a, a ton of books. I'd love to come on your show and talk about it. And that's why I love having people on our show and to, to promote their books and get their work out into the world. I've been on podcasts. People have interviewed me and, and said, Hey, here's my newest book. I've read chapters from my books on interviews and things like that. Um, so podcast is a great one. Blogging's another one, your own personal blog. You know, content marketing is really important. You know, again, it's not something you have to do every week, you know, and you don't always have to be writing about your, your book, uh, either. Uh, I, I think it's important again, just to, to write about the things you're excited about, write about the things you're passionate about, G- give people a little slice of who you are. Um, and again, a blog can also be a place where you say, Hey, I'm, I got another book out here. It is. If you want to buy it, um, it just, it just shows people you're there, you're alive. Uh, you know, you're a real person. Um, Another way to get your books out marketing, I think word of mouth is, is just as powerful as anything else is telling family and friends, telling coworkers, telling influential people like, Hey, I, I got this book out. It's going to help you, you know, tell other people about it. Um, you know, with that, you could also do, which I think is just another version of word of mouth is newsletters is if people have an email newsletter, you know, hit them up and say, Hey, could you share my book on your newsletter? Because that we write in similar genres, or I think your community would like the books I write. And you say, Hey, can you, could you share that? Um, very powerful way. There's also, um, some paid, uh, ways to do that. Um, very cheap, you know, it could be anywhere from 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks, not, not expensive at all is, you know, these email distribution companies is they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of readers that are looking for books like yours. And, uh, you know, you can run a promotion for 25 bucks and it goes to 600,000 people to say, Hey, here's this book. Maybe it's on sale. Maybe it's full price, but, but you know, you get, you get your book in front of, of people. Obviously there's, you know, Amazon, um, ads, you know, marketing ads, there's, um, Facebook ads, you know, and we won't get into the details of that, but, but again, it's just another Avenue in, in which you're, you're trying to get in front of people and say, here, here's my book. Here's my thing. Here's the thing I made. Um, and, and you don't have to be scammy. You don't have to be spammy. You don't have to be an extrovert. You know, you don't have to knock on, on doors, just be the best version of yourself. Be normal, be human. People respect that. Uh, people, you know, that are always in your face and always trying to sell you something like they just get annoying, but, but, you know, try to add value to them, try to help them, try to serve them in some way. Um, and again, not a bait and switch weird thing. Well, Hey, I'll do this and you do this for me. Um, but I just found that the more you're more 
the more generous you are with people, the more you help people, the more you encourage them, the more you, you know, say, Hey, how can I help you? How can I, you know, is there something I can do for you? It's just amazing how that comes back around to help ends up helping you as well. Um, but you need to have a plan. How, how will people hear about my books? And again, this also involves, you know, how much money is that going to cost? How much money do I need to budget for my, my writing and publishing business to market? All right. A couple more. Number eight, what is my version of success? What is my version of success? This is a a game changer. And for some, I think for a lot of people, when we think about, yeah, we're talking about business, we're talking about revenue, we're talking about, you know, making money on our books, but I think you need to come up with your version of success. Cause I think some people are too quick to say, you know, the, the only version of success is me leaving my cubicle or me leaving the day job. And I don't think that needs to be your number one goal. I think there needs to be deeper goals. I don't think it needs to be just monetary because the reality of writing and publishing is very up and down and, and you can make a great living writing and publishing. There, there's no doubt about it. You put in the work, you put in the time, you get better at your craft, you tell good stories, you write good books, you can make a, a good living. And, and many people are, and, but everyone has a different version of success. Like mine is not driven ultimately by money. It's a nice byproduct. Um, you know, I, I actually really enjoy my day job and there's many people that do. I don't think it's something that you, you have to ultimately leap from. Um, but, but everyone has a different version of success. You know, when I think about mine, it's, it's really about legacy. It's about, you know, the, the things I want to leave behind for my kids and grandkids and, and others. Um, it, it's not about, you know, money or fame or, or being a household name, but, but, but I want you part of your business plan and part of your publishing plan is to say, what is my version of success? Because if it's just money and it's just numbers on a spreadsheet, it's going to be very disappointing. But if it's, Hey, I want to help more people. I want to be more generous. I, I, I want to leave a legacy, whatever it is. I think those things are going to keep you motivated in the hard days and the dog days when, when maybe things aren't going as, as fast or as good or as well as you'd like them to go. So have a bigger vision and a bigger version of success than just money. If you want to be money, Hey, that's fine. That's, that's, that's up to you. Number nine, what is my yearly production schedule? This was another game changer for me was I did not take this seriously in the, in the beginning. I, I just kind of thought, well, I want to get this one book out and I got it out. And then it was, what do I do now? When am I going to write the next book? But I didn't really have a plan of action. And so, so every year I sit down at the beginning, at the end of the year, and I just begin to, to think about my yearly production for the next year. Because the reality is for me, I I have a lot of manuscripts going typically. And so for the last, you know, with my fiction stuff since 2015 or so, I've had, you know, multiple books come out and nonfiction as well. And and so, you know, if I got two or three or four manuscripts kind of in at different stages, I kind of think about, okay, realistically, I I could launch three or four or five books this year. Um, And so it all depends on where I'm at in that, in that process. But there's something about writing that down and thinking like a publisher. That's, this is what publishers do. You know, the big five publisher, it's how many books are we going to launch this year? You know, how many books do we need to launch this year to, to cover our cost, whatever it is, and to make a certain amount of money. Um, and so as an indie publisher and, and as someone who, who's running their own writing and publishing company, you need to write these things down. You need to get specific about that. And part of that too would also be being realistic and saying, okay, I know I write X amount of words per week or per month. So how many you know, words would I have per year? How many books would that, that equate to? 
you know, how much time does it cost to get it, you know, edited and how much time does it cost to get the cover design, all that, like what does production actually look like? And so, so get those numbers down, get realistic about what that yearly production schedule is going to be like. And, and when you start thinking like that, everything's going to change. Everything's going to change. It's not just going to be a hobby. It's not just going to be something I fit in when I get, you know, an extra few minutes, but it's going to be something that I'm working toward each year. And you'll be amazed how much work you produce and how much art you produce and how many books you produce when you start thinking like, uh, thinking, uh, on a production schedule. A couple more here. 10, what obstacles do I have right now? What obstacles do I have right now? Another important one, if you're, if you have a writing and publishing business, I want you to write down what are the obstacles that you have right now? Now, some of these obstacles are realistic and some are not. Let me give you an example. Number one, I don't have enough time to write. That is the biggest myth that I, I have ever heard because I get emails every week. I just don't have time. I have four kids. I have a job. I have all these things. Welcome to the club. You have time to write. Trust me. The average person looks at social media, looks at, you know, Netflix, um, you know, four hours a day there's plenty of time. If you can, if you can find an hour a day, I just wrote about this a few weeks ago. If you can find an hour a day, that's probably about a thousand to 1400 words a day in one year, you'll have over 300,000 words on the page. That is plenty of production. And you can have a lot of kids, a full-time job, and a lot of responsibilities and, and you name it, that, that that's, that's my world and, and my life. And yet I've, I've produced hundreds and hundreds of thousands of words per year. And it's not that I'm a fast typist. It's not that I have all this extra time, but it's just chipping away each, each and every day. But so, so is that an obstacle? Is that really an obstacle or is it not an obstacle? We need to get honest about that. Maybe some of the obstacles are, you know, I just, I don't know how to start a website. You know, I, I need, I know I need a, an author website. I need something and some kind of platform. I don't know where to begin. It just seems like an obstacle. Um, I, I don't know, you know, how to start a business. I don't know how to do checking accounts. I don't, I don't know how to get an EIN number or start an LLC or whatever it is, all, all this, you know, crazy business stuff. I don't know how to market, you know, you know, but I want you to get specific and say, what are those obstacles that are holding you back right now? It, it's so good to just name those things. And just get, get really honest because there's a reason why you haven't written that book yet. There's a reason why you haven't begun to think like a writer and publisher yet. There, there's some obstacles that are there that you're just not willing to identify. Now, the next question which flows into this one, number 11, is how am I going to solve these obstacles? How am I going to solve these problems? So not just saying, well, I got a problem. I got an obstacle. I don't know how to get, find more time to write. But what are you going to do to actually make more time to write? What does that look like? I'm going to write over lunchtime. I'm going to write earlier in the morning, I'm going to stay up later, whatever it is, you got to give it a name and get very specific. Don't just be fuzzy wuzzy with this. Okay. Fuzzy wuzzy had a bear. Fuzzy wuzzy had no hair. I I don't know if that's, what is that? I don't know what that is. Um, is that a thing? I'm not sure. I don't know where that comes from, but how am I going to solve these problems? Get specific, get really intentional and say, okay, I have a marketing problem. We'll find someone that can help you with marketing, find a smart friend, read, read a book, take a course. I mean, you, you got to give a name to it. You got to get specific for it. It's not just going to magically, you know, fix itself. You, you have to say, okay, there's some work I need to do. There's some, some learning I need to do. There's some people I need to talk to, whatever it is. So how am I going to solve those problems? And then last, what other details must I consider? And this is gonna be different for everybody. Uh, but you start listing, you know, what are the, the, the details that, that I need to think about? You know, maybe it's a kind of a little mini to-do list. It's saying, okay, I need to, you know, 
officially start my LLC, which can be, you don't have to, it's not a, not a have to thing, but it is a smart thing to do. If you do have some money coming in, you want to separate your personal finances and your business finances, and it just helps with liability and things. Um, but you can do a sole proprietor and, and things like that and go look into that again. I'm not a, not a lawyer, but, uh, but maybe that's a detail that, that you need to consider. Maybe it's, Hey, I got this manuscript and I don't know how to get it edited. I need to find an editor. I need to find a cover designer. Um, I need to start a, a website. You know, what are the, just some details that are related to your writing and publishing business that you just need to give some attention to, because this is what good business owners do is they don't just, you know, willy nilly, well, I'll just go away, but they actually sit down and go, okay, what are the problems and what are the solutions that we need to give? What are the, what's the attention we need to give to the business so that it can thrive and be everything that it can, can be. Cause you're an owner, you're the president, you're the CEO of your writing and publishing empire. Now, I want to encourage you, if you didn't haven't downloaded the two-page publishing business plan, you can do that on our website, theprolificwriter.net. It'll be in the show notes as well. Go get that piece of paper, write down the questions, print it off, put it in your journal, whatever. But I want you to make some bullet-pointed answers to the questions. I want you to get serious about this. I, I, I want, I know... Probably a majority of the people that listen to the show, and I know we have a lot of people that just love listening to author interviews, and, and we have some folks like that, but 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 majority of the people listening to the show are writers, publishers, and there's so many people that are listening to my voice that have that one book or two two books or three books, and and they're going, I really want to take it to the next level, but I d- really don't know how. I think this two page plan can help you get to that next level, whatever that next level looks like for you, just by filling out this short worksheet, giving some answers, getting serious. All of a sudden, you're not just a hobbyist. You're not just writing when I get around to it, but you're thinking like a business person saying, this is my writing and publishing empire, my business. I want to take it seriously and I want to grow it. And I want to, I want to enjoy, uh, you know, building this business with my words, with my, my art, but I need to get serious about it. And I need to get specific about it. So I hope this really helps you today and I hope you take this seriously. And, and I, I want you to, to, to take action. I, I want you to get serious. It does us no good just to be inspired and go, Hey, oh, yeah, that's great. But, but if you don't start taking action, nothing's going to happen. You're never going to move the ball forward. So go check out the resources on the prolificwriter.net. They're all there for you. There's some other resources there that hopefully will encourage you and help you and serve you to get more words on the page, to to get you unstuck, uh, to help you build a business, whatever that business looks like. Maybe it's, hey, I just want to pay a few bills. You know, I, I want to pay for kids' college. I, I want to leave the day job, whatever it is. But but we're, we're building this out for you to, to help you and serve you. And whatever struggles you have or pains you have related to writing and publishing, I hope that that through the, the podcast and through the resources and, and we'll have some other things coming out as well that, that can help you, um, you know, do what you're called to do. So, Hey, this is Ryan J. Pelton with a prolific writer. It's so good to be with you. Thank you for all the kind comments and, uh, all the emails and all the questions. And, and Hey, if you have any questions on anything, please email me or contact me through the website. Very easy. I'm very accessible or through social media. You know, if you want to hit me up on email, Ryan at at uh, theprolificwriter.net. Love to answer any questions you have or there's people you want me to interview or have on the show. I'd love to do that as well. And then before you go, just if, you th- if you're thinking about it, because it really does help us a lot, is could you 
uh, leave a rating or review on iTunes, especially iTunes. It really helps us get the show out of the world. That's the primary platform that people listen to. But I know we have Stitcher fans. We have Google Play fans. We have, we're on Spotify now. We're kind of all over the place. Um, wherever you listen to the show, leave a review. That really does help help us get uh, more ears. I was going to say eyeballs, but more ears on the show. And, uh, and it's been such a, a blessing to do this and serve the writing community and the publishing community. And, uh, I've just got, I probably gained more than, than you have, uh, just by doing this. So, so it's, so thank you for, uh, listening in, um, go back, listen to other episodes if it's your first time. And, uh, I just have one more thing to say is, well, actually two things is start your business plan today. Can, can you do that for me? I, I would love for you to do that. That would really make me excited. And if you do hit me an email or hit me on social media and say, I started the business plan. I started the biz plan, the biz plan, just say biz plan. I'll know what you're talking about. And then go get words on the page. Okay. Go get some words on the page. Okay. Why are you still here? You're, you're still here. Go get the words on the page. That's why we have the podcast. That, that's why we're doing. Okay. Just, we talked about this. Just go get words on the page. And I'm Ryan J. Pelton, the prolific writer. And I'll talk to you real, real soon. Join us each Wednesday on the Mondo Method Podcast, brought to you by Project Entertainment Network. The Mondo Method Podcast features authors Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buda as they discuss the writing process from both the veteran and the novice perspectives. Each episode ends with a segment called Marketing Morsels, where expert publicist Aaron Sweet Almahari teaches everyone how to promote their work and sell more books. Check us out on the Mondo Method Podcast on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network. 